HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Restaurants across the country are in need of support as a result of the devastating effects COVID-19 is having on this industry. If we don't help now, some of our favorite community gathering spaces may not be there when this crisis is over. Restaurant Opportunities Center United has compiled a list of local resources supporting the restaurant industry from cities and states across the country. From North Carolina's Triangle Area Restaurant Workers Resources to Nebraska's COVID-19 Response Fund, Minnesota's Immigrant Family Fund, Georgia's Giving Kitchen, and many, many more, we can all find a cause to support. Visit rockunited.org relief. That's rocunited.org relief to find a list of national, state, and local resources. Welcome to Life is a Banquet with your hosts, Sara Tangora and Nicole Bailey. Hello, my friend. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am fine. You look pretty. I can just tell. I can't <laughs> see you, but I can feel it. <laughs> I did shower today. You did? Do you have any clothes? Yep. I put on regular clothes. Hmm, pants and a shirt? Yeah, I have to put on a sweater because the heat doesn't work in my apartment right now, and I don't know why. Oh, no. Maybe because it's, like, July? What month is it? What month do we think it is? If you had a guess, what month would you say it was? Well, it's April. Oh. <laughs> okay, that's a good guess. You're the right. April today. <laughs> and that is why this whole show is going to be a big ruse on all of you. We're going to have a big surprise at the end of the show. This was never really even a podcast. It- <laughs> Listen, get off my back, okay? I've been sitting alone watching Robert Redford movies for like 21 days straight, and I'm (laughs) clinging on to the last shreds of sanity. Did you watch The Natural? I did. I have to say, I feel like The Natural was my least favorite Redford, um, because the movie begins with him supposedly being 18, but he's (laughs) he's 50, (laughs) and they only show him in the dark. (laughs) that's really funny and i was like this is like too much for me to embrace but i don't think the natural is embraced as a good film yeah it was like i feel like if we're gonna relate him to brad pitt because they look so much alike although robert redford is way hotter um they would be like his curious case of benjamin button or meet may i say maybe even like meet joe black but, yeah, I mean, Meet Joe Black is one of my favorite movies. Oh, is it? What is it about it that you like so much? Um, I think it's Anthony Hopkins. Oh, yes. I'm sorry, Sir Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> is that what you mean? Yeah. Because <laughs> there's regular Anthony Hopkins, but he was not in that movie. Um, no, the movie's very cheesy and bad, but I just, I really like the character that Anthony Hopkins plays, and I really like the the final scene. Mm. I feel like in Micho Black that Brad Pitt is basically the same character that he was in Interview with the Vampire, but just um, a different haircut. But he's like doing the same guy, kind of, don't you think? I don't know. I don't really like Interview with the Vampire. I don't like 
Brad Pitt in it. I don't like Tom Cruise in it. <laughs> oh, agreed. It's a real trash heap. It's a burning fire of garbage. The thing that's so funny to me is this was an era and time when men had blonde highlights, like visible blonde yeah. highlights, and nobody mentions it. Like, like it's just like normal. Like Claire Forlani, who's a doctor, is falling in love with some dude she met at a coffee shop who has, he put highlights in his hair, probably himself from a box. <laughs> with one of those caps, those like rubber caps that you pull the pieces of hair through. Yeah, I think, and it, that's what it looks like. But I think we're supposed to believe that they just have like natural blonde highlights. And the biggest, worst example of this is in Memento, where the lead oh, character yeah. literally has to tattoo things on his body because he forgets everything the night he goes to sleep everything is erased from his memory mm-hmm. but he has blonde highlights and they never grow <laughs> out so who's reminding him to get those touched up well, we just didn't see the tattoo that said like touch up your highlights bro <laughs> it was just like, everyone's like no this is my normal hair <laughs> Yeah, I woke up like this. That's where that phrase got coined. Um, I will say, though, that Robert Redford, to my knowledge, has natural blonde highlights. Yeah, but the ones in, like, Micho Black and, like, movies like Memento, they are so obviously... Oh, yeah, no. Nobody born after the year 1945 had naturally highlighted hair. Something (laughs) happened. Right, because they stopped working outdoors. Well, no, I think it was something from the war. I don't know. I can't make the correlation. (laughs) Well, a lot of the Robert Redford movies that you're watching are after 1945. No, but he was born in oh, the 30s. Okay. He was born in the 30s, which Got now it. makes him 83. And as I'm obsessing over Robert Redford, I'm simultaneously feeling very upset that he's now so old. It's so odd. As I'm falling in, it's almost like Benjamin Button, because I'm falling in <laughs> love with someone that's out of my age bracket. It could never be. <laughs> And it all I mean, comes full circle. It worked out for Anna Nicole Smith. Why can't it work out for you? <laughs> That's true. Everything did work out for her. <laughs> Everything. She's she fine. Highlights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on, dude? How are like how are I mean I know how you are, but you know, our listener probably doesn't know how you are. So if our you listener. Tell <laughs> okay, listener. Um I am no longer working at my bar um as of two days ago. Um, they got people to cover my shifts and it was sort of abrupt and I'm relieved on the one hand, but also like a little bit stressed about what now I'm finally facing what all of you have been facing for the last two or three weeks, which is, I have this like nothing. There's what am I going to do for the next three weeks? <laughs> well, yeah, or three months. I mean, we have no idea. Um, but so yeah, it's weird. It's definitely a, an abrupt change. Um, and we'll see how it goes. I, yeah. Yeah, it's um, a lot. I put on I mean, regular clothes today. This is only like my, this is literally just my normal, it would have been my normal day off. So I've, I've been off for two days. Yeah. I'm <laughs> picturing, one I'm day. picturing like a coup that they like came in and they like removed you, like Caesar. <laughs> yeah, they usurped me. Um, but they Dude. were, oh, yeah. go ahead. So, but it's also just like, I'm already starting to be like, whoa, what's going to happen? And I actually have only been home for like one and a half days. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get used to it. So, Becky actually uh, told me about somebody who made a symphony of gummy bears <laughs> the other day. So there's a lot you could do, including that. How did they? I don't understand. They just arranged the gummy bears um, as though they were like a chorus or a symphony or something <laughs> and then played music and made it seem like the gummy bears were playing music. That is interesting. Yeah, I am like about one step away from uh, making myself like a scarecrow boyfriend because I need to like touch something that at least appears to be another human being like so badly. <laughs> what are you going to use? Um, Probably old clothes and garbage bags and like a printout or just a drawing of Robert Redford's face. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very crinkly. <laughs> yeah. That's how I like my men. I like my men like I like my phyllo dough, crinkly, <laughs> crinkly and full of old clothes. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> I have very odd tastes. Don't ask, don't tell. Um, so hang on, I'm taking a sip of seltzer because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm drinking a seltzer wine. Oh, wow. I took one fucking, I drank one glass of wine the other night. 
and I got a migraine headache that lasted for two days. So life is cruel and um, very unfair. And I'm going to take this up with management. Management? Yeah. Hello. I'd like um, to speak to your manager. Yeah, I'd like to speak. I'm really, I am losing my mind. I have to be honest. I'm getting a little squirrely. Like I've replaced depression, which I was like, I can't. I started going into a deep depression and then I was like, I can't do this. Like I have to somehow just avoid depression. So I kind of, now I'm just replaced depression with full on old bat, <laughs> like really like crazy <laughs> behavior. <laughs> like I'm not even kidding. Like, cause I'm trying to be so positive and it's so like kind of out of touch in a way that I'm just like kind of going crazy, but it's wow. okay. Well, this is terrifying for me. The person who's been, <laughs> housebound for 1.5 days only so far so <laughs> yeah there's only a couple options there's like crying 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 and like stabbing a pillow all day stabbing a pillow yeah being really is a pillow that's <laughs> murder <laughs> right I call the police I'm like there's been a murder <laughs> and they come and it's just the, the <laughs> pile of clothes that I've stuffed into trash bags with a picture of fucking also, uh, I say, okay, they always say there's been a murder, like, in the book or on TV, but no one would ever say it like that. There's been a murder. You'd be like, that dude killed that guy. Yeah, there's been a murder. (laughs) (laughs) That's all very murder she wrote. Yes. Um, Should we get into our topic today? Because unlike the rest of the past month, we are actually having a real episode today with facts. Why not? Opinions. You want to tell everyone what we're doing? No. Okay. <laughs> Should we let them guess? Yeah. But you guys send in your what you think this episode is about once it's over. And if you're right, you will win $1 million. Uh-oh. Someone just got an email. Was it you? <laughs> no, it wasn't me. As though, as though this podcast could have gotten any more unprofessional. We have gone and brought it there. I would say that most of my podcasts that I listen to, you can hear the email sound in the background. Like, okay. Thank even God. How did this get made? There's always Paul's always getting emails during that. Okay. Thank the Lord in heaven. Okay, guys, today we are doing our very favorite food commercials from the ages, throughout the ages, from the Middle Ages to the Dark Ages. (laughs) And beyond. And and beyond. There's been a murder. Okay, do you want to start? Yeah. So I realized quickly when I was doing my research that um, a whole episode where we just explain commercials to people over a podcast is not going to be that fun. Um, so act it out. <laughs> so I tried to pick commercials that actually have a story that go along with them. I love it. Um, at least some sort of story, whether it be a personal story or just me. There is there is inevitably going to be some me explaining a commercial to you, but... <laughs> be prepared. Who cares? <laughs> You're tired of watching commercials with your eyes. Now watch a commercial with your ears. <laughs> Are you tired of watching pesky commercials with your dumb eyeballs? <laughs> oh. Okay, so let's start off with one that is old. So I don't know if everyone, I don't know the age of our one listener, but I assume that everyone is younger than me. Um, but this is, uh, the commercial is the McDonald's menu song commercial. Oh, I don't know if I know that. So there's a there were a couple of variations of this song, but this um, there's also this the one where they sing all the ingredients for the um, like the special sauce lettuce cheese on a sesame bun. Yes, that one um, I've heard of. But this one is like the earlier '80s, and basically a guy comes up to the counter and a woman's like, "Hey, what do you have?" And he sings the entire menu as though he's ordering it, but like in a sing-songy way. Um, and it's really how long is this commercial? It's well. It, he does it really fast, but it's just, like, very strange. And then the McDonald's actually ran a contest where they sent out floppy, disposable, floppy 33-inch LPs in magazines that had the song recorded on it. Um, but everyone on the recordings would make a mistake. And if you got the one recording where everyone sings the menu song perfectly, then you could be winning a million dollars. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? Yes, it is crazy. One of the early McDonald's contests that they eventually got a whole documentary made about have you seen that no no i haven't i was just gonna ask you have you seen it yeah it's pretty interesting it is should i watch 
Sure, why not? Is Robert Redford in it? That's my prerequisite for watching anything, though. No, but there's a the cop who goes his own way, and he's pretty entertaining. Ooh, okay. Um, the next commercial is the Mentos commercials. Oh my god, I love those. Of 90s fame. Um, so the first one aired in 1992, uh, and... Essentially, there it was a company. They've been making this candy forever, and it had a million different flavors, uh, but it wasn't really doing very well selling in the United States. So this guy joined the company, and he was like, first of all, let's make only two flavors, mint and mixed fruit, and get rid of all the other flavors, which when I was reading that, I was like, what were all the other flavors? I know. Did you get any information about what they were? I know what there was a chocolate one, I'm pretty sure. Oh, God. Sounds chocolate disgusting. Mentos? How dare oh. they? Um, and, and so they basically made commercials with a jingle that would, would translate across many languages. Like that would sound good no matter kind of how it translated. And so that's how you get the lyrics to those commercials, which the lyric is, it doesn't matter what comes fresh goes better, which doesn't make any sense in English. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter what comes fresh goes better. Mentos fresh and full of life. Yeah. Um, Mentos, the fresh maker. Yeah. But then everyone hated them and talked shit about them all the time, but it actually, they <laughs> doubled their sales because of them. And then wow. after that, they tripled their sales. And so Mentos became like the candy of the nineties and the Foo Fighters parodied those commercials in that song video for Big Me. Uh-huh. And they mention it in Clueless where she was like, look, it looks like my life is a big Mentos commercial at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were just, you know, they were ubiquitous. They became the candy of the 90s, which I loved the mixed fruit Mentos. I oh, think. mixed fruit Mentos were great. But where are they now? Well, after like the late 90s, sales started to fall off because Altoids kind of took them out of the market. Oh, yeah. Ugh, gross. Altoids are just like eating little pieces of chalk. I don't understand what's the deal with Altoids. How could anyone eat an Altoid? Mints in general to me are confusing because they don't actually freshen your breath. Agreed. Listen, here's a deal breaker for me. All you single men out there who want to date me after this virus is over, which I know there are many, you better put those Altoids away because that is a deal breaker for this guy. No Altoids. New gum, yeah. I mean... No, I don't like gum either. Just have good breath. Brush your fucking teeth. That's what I say. Gum is a better way to freshen your breath, though, because it's the saliva production that actually you need to get going there. Really? Is that so? Yes, I'm a dentist. Why would you lie? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I work for big chewing gum. <laughs> oh, oh god. Um, okay, and then this is just one of my favorite commercials because it's so clever, and I was rewatching it today and just laughing alone in my apartment. Um, it's a Got Milk commercial. Um, where <laughs> it's the Aaron Burr one. Do you remember this one? Mm-mm. So this is me just describing a commercial to you, and that's hilarious. But so um, this guy is sitting in his, like, his office, and he's making himself a peanut butter sandwich. And there's a radio announcer. They play, like, a classical song. And they're like, now is the time for our, you know, contest question. And they're like, Mm -hmm. who shot Aaron Burr? And you look, this guy, like, took a huge bite of his peanut butter sandwich and he looks around and his entire office is like an homage to the shooting of Aaron Burr. There's like this little thing where it like, shows like <laughs> Oh, right, but he can't say it because now it's stuck together with peanut butter. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you the story. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I totally blew it. Okay, go ahead. What happens uh, next? Yeah, so they, the radio show calls him and they're like, for $10,000, who shot... Or no, sorry, who shot... It's not Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr's the guy who shot the guy. But he's yeah, like, who Alexander shot... Hamilton? Yeah, he's like, who shot Alexander Hamilton? And he's like, Ebba, and he can't say it. <laughs> and he tries to pour the milk in his glass, and it's all gone. And then they hang up on him, and it's so funny. It is funny. It just I haven't seen that in forever. I just remembered it when you were saying that. But um, it's so clever, like the way they do. It. It's like a little tiny movie. It's so amazing. Yeah, it's very funny too to me because it's like how many people in the '90s like who are watching that like even knew about like you know who's the demographic really kids out of school they're like who the fuck is Aaron Burr I don't know yeah. I don't pay attention in class but like <laughs> the one like nerd watching is like oh <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that makes me yeah. like it more 
And this other commercial is is just fascinating to me because it's, the whole product is really interesting. So it's Jello One Two Three. Oh God, I love that stuff so Did much. I? But like people, so it basically was like kind of fell out of favor in the seventies, but then ramped back up in the nineties. Um, there's an episode of the nanny where Fran Drescher's mom is making Jello One Two Three for dessert, and Fran's like, "Mom, they discontinued that in the seventies. I can't do a Fran Drescher impersonation." I um, can, but I won't. Not but, this episode. So, but I read this Food 52 article about it and they are, they basically, this is how, we ate it as a child. I had no idea that it took this long, but this is how you actually were supposed to make this stuff. So you, you set out four dessert glasses, empty the packaged powder into a blender, add boiling water, blend at the lowest speed for 30 seconds, then blend the mixture at the highest possible speed for one minute. (laughs) Then you add a cup of ice cold water and blend it for one minute longer. After so many temperatures, after the blending is complete, you fill (laughs) each dessert glass half full and let it sit for a few seconds. Then you fill the glasses completely in the same exact order before chilling them for three hours. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. And then just sit by the refrigerator. Don't stare at it. Um, I used to make it with my mom all the time. I didn't remember. That's how you did it. Yeah. My grandma used to make it all the time. The commercial is just a kid staring at it as it separates on the table in front of him for three hours, which is a lie. I have a question. I wonder, like, if is it, like, some weird, like, chemically fucked up mutant jello that, like, you have to have to do that? Or could you just, like, put regular jello in the blender on, and use that method and it would become one, two, three jello? I think that it's specific to this, like, whatever they do separates in this way. Because the, the three layers are different textures. There's, like, the foamy layer on top, the fluff layer. I know. And, and then the, there's, like, that sherbet layer, essentially. Sherbet layer, yeah. That is That was, like, a genius thing. And I really think they should bring it back. I'm going to do some research online to see, you know... This is one of those things that, like, I think of sometimes that, like, if I still had Brucie, that would be something I would be, like, want to make a reinvention of for dessert. It was very attractive. Yeah. Very classy. It's for classy ladies. Yeah. And men. It's the the jello that tops itself. That's how they marketed it. Oh, yeah. That's great. (laughs) That's hot. Um, Okay. And then, finally, before I just rattle off a couple of my favorite commercials for everyone, Mm. um, is the infamous... Peter's coming home, Folgers commercial, incest debacle. Do you know this? Yes. Um, so this is another part where I'm going to describe a commercial to you. But essentially, it's a Folgers commercial from the 80s or maybe early 90s. The premise is that the brother is coming home from like the Peace Corps or something. And the little sister is waiting up for him. And then it's just like a cute little commercial. Like he comes home or he wasn't expected to come home. And then the sister is up early and they have a little exchange. And then the parents come downstairs and they're like, oh, Peter's home. And let's drink some coffee. Um, But people have watched the commercial and alluded to the fact that it seems like Peter and his sister are having an affair based on the way that they look at each other and the way that the dialogue is in the commercial. She's and really it, excited that he's home, like too excited. And then, but they also have like a they flirt. They have like a flirtatious exchange. It's no, very seen each other in a while. Deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> um, and not that long ago, I actually read this incredible GQ story, which is basically an oral history of that commercial from the actors that were in it, from the person who wrote and directed the commercial. Oh my um, God. And they go stage by stage to like them, like finding out what was going on and how it was like a normal, it was like a normal shoot and like whatever. <laughs> Did they end and, up together in the end? Like no. in real life? Great <laughs> if they got married or at least if they had sex one time. No, they never saw each other after the filming. Um, but yeah, so the title of the article is <laughs> You Are My Present This Year, An Oral History of the Folgers Incest Act. <laughs> Ew. You're my present this year. That's what she says in the commercial. I know. It's just really <laughs> disgusting. It's so good. There's also, they made a parody of it, maybe on Saturday Night Live or something, where they actually 
do make out or something. They, they, they are very much <laughs> clearly having an affair. Um, That's hilarious. And yeah, it's great. So please do yourself a favor and do some light reading by going back and checking out that article in GQ. Um, That's amazing. I read it in different times, but it was still so entertaining. Um, yeah, there's still, and, I feel like even though everything's upsetting now, there's still time to like make yourself laugh. It's important, I think, actually, to try to do some things that are distracting and funny. Totally. Um, and then just a couple of honorable mentions that I couldn't find any dirt on is the Gatorade Like Mike commercial. The Michael Jordan is mm-hmm. so heartwarming so and good. inspirational. The, um, another one of my childhood favorites is the blow pop commercial where it looks like kids are directing a commercial mm-hmm. and so they're like blow pop and they're like save from charms at the end and it's just really cute and cute. permanently embedded in my childhood brain I um love blow pops except for the green apple one which is dangerous why for some reason that green apple one just like always like makes a little like knife in the middle like two little razor blades and cuts your mouth I mean, all those hard candies, like, cut your mouth. That one, it's particularly the green apple flavor, though, I found that, like, is the most dangerous of all of the blow pops. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's evil. Um, yeah. And then there's, oh, wait, there's also a um, a Jello pudding snack pack, which obviously is a dangerous territory, but it's one without Bill Cosby, um, where this really know-it-all kid tries to get his mom to make him, to buy, like, 15 packages of jello pudding snack packs but um <laughs> and he's like no so he's like two two is doable my sister and i used to always say that to each other all the time oh that's so cute i know it's like so much nostalgia from old commercials because there were things that like and i have a couple that i'll talk about later but that it was all just stuff that you would repeat to each other like you it was like such a part of pop culture and then you know what i mean like more yeah. so than now because i don't even know i mean i don't watch tv now but i don't know if anyone's like still like referencing commercials now it's pretty much well acknowledged that the 90s was like the golden era of commercials, for, especially for kids. Yeah, really, really good ones. Um, okay, cool. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back at it with some more rip from the headlines commercial stories. Okay, we'll be right back. <laughs> As the news of coronavirus reverberates throughout the world, We at HRN are especially concerned about how coronavirus will impact our food system. We will use our platform to support the restaurant, agriculture, hospitality, and other food-related industries by maintaining our coverage and operations. As social distancing becomes the temporary norm, podcasts are more important than ever. There's never been a more crucial time to stay informed about the state of our food system and the way that food connects our global community. We're sharing all of our COVID-19 coverage at heritageradionetwork.org slash COVID-19. From interviews with nonprofit leaders and journalists, to firsthand accounts from chefs and restaurant owners, to reports on how the crisis is affecting regional farms. Our team is working remotely from all over to keep food radio alive. HRN needs your support more than ever to keep sharing essential stories and resources with our listeners. Make a donation of any amount. Visit heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. And we're back. Hello. Hello, everyone. Are you still with us? I am. Mom, Mom, are you still listening? Bobby doesn't listen to this podcast anymore. She never did. She used to in the beginning, but now since she's gotten her own podcast, she doesn't have time for us little people anymore. Well, I'm just going to pretend that she still listens. She's off on her yacht. We can say anything about her right now. She'll never know. (laughs) Tell her what you really think. Bobby, you're a hack. Just kidding. I love Bobby. She's the best. Um, Okay. So I had a commercial that really stuck out with me, and I want to talk about it because that's what we do on this show. And I want to preface this by saying that I became initially concerned uh, right out of the gate that maybe this commercial was racist. 
and I did a lot of research about if it is racist. And the most that I could find was people asking the same question, is this commercial racist with no answer? Well, if you have to ask. (laughs) It just seems, it makes me uncomfortable a little bit, but there's nothing that is necessarily overtly racist about it, although it just doesn't feel right. Is it the ancient Chinese secret one for Calgon? No, no, Calgon. Oh my God. No, it's not. It's um, the California raisins. Oh. You know what I mean? Like something about it just seems wrong, but then maybe it's not. I have no idea. <laughs> what do you, what's your take? Would you, have you assumed that it was a racist commercial? Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I loved the California raisins as a child. I had many of the little figurines. I had a t-shirt that would be worth millions of dollars today if I still had it. Um, and I didn't even realize that they were supposed to be black. Right. Like, but that fact that they are, I don't know. It seems like it's weird. It's weird territory. <laughs> and then I'm like, am I racist for even asking if it's racist? All I know is that they're four raisins and they are very good at singing. So let's go from there. Make your own deductions about They're very good at singing. <laughs> they're particularly good at singing for raisins because raisins are known normally not to have very good voices, but these raisins yeah. can really carry a tune. Um, and do, do we get to find out the story of how they turn from grapes into raisins or? Well, they um, got really, really drunk. They all started as grapes and they stayed out and they fell asleep in the sun and then they shriveled up and they realized that they had amazing deep voices but no longer the youthful plump bodies of their grape their heydays as grapes so they did what any normal dried fruits would do and formed a family band (laughs) (laughs) oh are they family no (laughs) they never met before this one fateful evening all right let me get let me get into the real story okay That I made up. I don't know if that ever happened. So, oh, I will say I made raisins the other day because I'm now a fucking, like, prairie mom and I'm, like, doing everything from scratch. So I had some grapes and they were going bad. So I was like, I'm going to turn these bitches into raisins. And I just put them in the oven for, like, four hours at, like, 150 degrees and voila! They can't sing. that is what prairie, like, Little House on the Prairie, that's what they were doing, was baking there. Yeah, that was about a raisin factory, actually. That's a little-known fact. <laughs> um, okay, so the song, I Heard It Through the Grapevine, came out in the year 1968 and was by none other than Mr. Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. And then the concept for the uh, California Raisins came out in the ad for Sunmade uh, in 1986. Now, Marvin Gaye, unfortunately, died. As we all know, he's murdered by his father in... Uh, 1984 so he never had to hear this song (coughs) sung by a bunch of raisins thank the lord did you sneeze no i coughed i'm sorry Uh oh Uh oh you heard it here first folks she coughed um okay the commercials were produced by vinton studios using claymation so they were like clay raisins um and Following the first year, oh, by the way, I should mention I got all this information from both Wikipedia and Smithsonian, because Smithsonian, the Smithsonian, ever heard of it, actually owns most of the raisin memorabilia. I mean, of course, like, (laughs) people have it, some lingering raisin, but I guess Smithsonian hoarded it. Uh, Maybe, I don't know if that's related to the coronavirus, if they were like, everyone's hoarding toilet paper, and they were like, we need to get all the raisin memorabilia, but somehow they ended up with the lion's share. Um, Okay, so... In 1987, uh, the Raisins appeared in the Emmy Award-winning Claymation Christmas Celebration, singing the Christmas carol, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, for reasons unknown. (laughs) Um, And then the California Raisins released four studio albums on Priority Records in the span of two years, from 1987 to 1988. Of course, their signature song was none other than I Heard It Through the Grapevine, and it landed on Billboard's Hot 100. The raisin version of I Heard It Through the Grapevine. People, like, were purchasing this on tape, I'm assuming, and playing it in their cars. Um, So then on November 4th, 1988, CBS airs a primetime special entitled Meet the Raisins. (laughs) (laughs) So who are the voices for these people? Um, I don't know. That's no, we'll, we'll never know. 
In fact, I didn't even think of of wondering. What? I, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. That didn't even cross my mind. I don't know. I'm, I guess Who do you think recorded this tape that people are buying? I don't know. I just figured... I, Actual raisins? <laughs> yeah, I just thought they... They were raisins who could sing. I didn't even think that it could be somebody else. I'll have to get back to you. I'll fact check that. We'll we'll tell you guys on the next uh, <clears throat> episode. No, that's actually the one good thing about um, doing this is I can tell you right now. Oh, yeah. Tell me who did the voices. So the lead singer was Buddy Miles. Um... <laughs> of course. Uh, how could, but, but, oh, Buddy Miles. Yeah. And then also... Well, actually, I'll tell people at the end. That way you can finish your story because I don't want to cross over with anything that you're going to say. Okay, great. Thank, thank you. Um, okay, so there was a musical mockumentary that they did, and it, like, introduced people to the names of the raisins so they could really put a, you know, a name to the face. So <laughs> we had AC, Bebop, who was on drums. AC was a singer. Um, Bebop on drums, Stretch on bass, and Red on guitar, piano. Guitar and piano. How the fuck do you play guitar and piano <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. He's playing the guitar. I oh maybe he's playing a guitar. That makes sense. Um, also, they feel like there's a missed opportunity for raisin puns with these names. I know, right? Like what? Like what could we call them? Like I don't know. I guess I had my well, own brain for penury right the, now. In, yeah, that's the job of the people making the commercial. Not exactly. Us. That's the people who are making the big bucks, not us unemployed. I don't have yeah. time to be. I'm making... pointing out the missed opportunity. That doesn't mean I know what they should be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they made a Saturday morning cartoon series called The California Raisin Show. Um, it only lasted 13 episodes. God knows why. And then in 1990, they did a sequel to Meet the Raisins called The Raisins. Sold out! The California Raisins 2. <laughs> <laughs> Super original. Huh. CBS um, hired, so the special saw the Raisins hiring a new manager with the goal of making a comeback. So it's like basically they had been like wrinkled up into obscurity. They're aging, becoming even more like disheveled and wrinkly than a regular Raisin. And they needed Wait, but, a comeback. So hold on. I'm confused. So these, they invented these Raisins and put them on TV for a commercial though, right? Yes. And then they just became like so much more popular than the commercial. What what was the commercial for? It was for raisins. It was for actual like sun made raisins for the like, oh. California raisins. For some reason, I thought they were for like a fast food proprietor, like a ra- like McDonald's new like raisin burger. <laughs> no, because I got the figurines from a fast food. Oh, place. interesting. They huh. would come in my Happy Meal or whatever. Oh, wow. That's so- oh, wait. Yeah, there's something about that in here about, like, where they were throwing the raisins. I think they just became, like, bigger than a sum of their parts. Like, they started sure. as just an advertisement for raisins or, like, maybe Raisin Bran or something. I've clearly not done, like, very good research for this episode. I'm like, <laughs> I don't fucking know who they are, where they came from, and I don't care. <laughs> Therefore, it was for raisins. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was for raisins. Okay. Thank God. I'm sweating over here. Good thing nobody can see me. Um <laughs> <clears throat> so many of the items created for the campaign have become a part of the permanent collection for the Smithsonian. As I already mentioned, they're like raisin obsessed for reasons unknown or raisins unknown. Should I say? That's good. Um, there you go. Thank you. Um, merch. They had like all kinds of merch. They had um, lunch boxes, notebooks, clothing, posters, bed sheets, and even a Halloween costume, which is both adorable and like hilarious being a raisin for Halloween. <laughs> What are you going to be for? I'm going to be a raisin, and so are my three friends. Um, a California Raisins fan club began in 1987 and included a newsletter called the Grapevine Gazette. Wow. <laughs> yes. Um, so they also recorded several albums. They had a Motown album, a rock album, and in the early 90s, they actually also made a video game. This called- is insane. Yes, called the California Raisins, the Grape Escape, in which a player controlled a California Raisin through five side-scrolling levels battling various various evil fruit and vegetable characters that had stolen the Raisins' music. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, like, to me, the fact that four Raisins became this popular, it's like, so odd of anything also people like notoriously hate raisins like most people don't like raisins am i wrong i I like them they're fine but like they're pretty like divisive 
Yeah, I don't, it's very, the 80s were a crazy time. I think people just, like, found out, they figured out that, like, children were a market that they could market to, like, a niche that hadn't been filled or whatever, and they just lost their damn minds and just went, they're like, kids will like it, and that, yeah, that was, that was it. Kids will like it, the Nebraska razor blades, like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) anything goes. Yeah. Um, I just think it's very funny that, like, a bunch of raisins became this popular. And also, at the same time, vanilla ice. I mean, there was not a lot of, like, discernment going around, I guess. And the Garbage Pail Kids. Shit was and crazy. And the Garbage Pail Kids. That's true. They were all together. They were all, like, photographed together, like, five years later, like, smoking crack at some, like, yeah. weird place after they The Teenage Mutant out. Ninja Turtles, also very bizarre. Um, did I ever tell you that... Um, Raphael, the Red Ninja Turtle, I'm sorry, Michelangelo, the Red Ninja Turtle, was my first crush. I think you have told me that. Okay. I um, had a hot voice, and I was like, I was like, ooh, I like this my, cartoon. Um, I, my little brother was obsessed with the, with the Ninja Turtles, so for some reason we had the tour, the Vanilla Ice went on tour with the Ninja Turtles. Oh, right, yes. I think I talked about this during our Vanilla Ice episode, where, so, yeah, there's a live... They went on tour across the nation performing live concerts with the Ninja Turtles. And I, <laughs> we had that on tape, so I've watched it many times. That's awesome. That's very cool. I mean, imagine to have been a fly on the wall in that backstage area. <laughs> Just imagine, like, having to take your kids to this concert, which is, for you as an adult, basically pointless. This is pre-cell phone, so you just have to sit there totally. while Vanilla Ice and the Ninja Turtles perform a two-hour concert. It sounds like torture. Yeah, or for, like, all the groupies who, like, were in the back trying to get a piece of vanilla ice that they, like, got rejected and had to, like, give a guy in, like, a turtle costume a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was quite a time to be alive. Um, so then they, like, made another video game, but it never got released. And although popular with the public, the raisins failed um, because the <laughs> production costs of raisin growers were almost twice their earnings. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm confused. Raisins themselves failed? Like, yeah, raisins failed. Because, like, it costs more money to produce the raisins than they were making. I see. Okay, so the the group, the musical group failed, not the They failed, and raisins failed. (laughs) What? So it costs more to make a raisin than 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 they're selling. Yeah, I think so. Although popular with the public, the... Oh, no, wait, hang on. Although popular with the public, the California Raisin Campaign failed. Yes. Because okay, it's production. We still have raisins. <laughs> the raisin growers twice their earnings. Okay. The campaign failed because the raisins demanded too much money <laughs> for each appearance. Like each raisin was like making, you know, a million dollars an episode and it's more money than the growers are making selling. You don't make a lot of money selling raisins. It's the also incredible to me that at, at this point, it was still the proprietary, like they still, the California raisins were, are still owned by the Sun Made Raisin Company. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It seems like they'd sort of gone off and done their own thing at this point. <laughs> I know, they were being like managed by uh, Phil Spector and like <laughs> Snorty Coke shooting guns. And then they're like, don't tell us what to do, raisin farmers. We're, we've outgrown you. They're like, no, you're still a raisin. But yeah. So the raisins. I watched the show. Over. I remember watching the show when I was a kid. What was the plot line? I don't remember. It was just an animated raisin show. <laughs> I just am <laughs> so baffled and yet intrigued, and I like it. And I remember liking them when I was a kid, and I still like raisins. I stand behind raisins, although these raisins seem to have gotten too big for their britches and almost ruined raisins for everyone, which it's were very, already ruined. Very interesting. You remember getting, you know what I can say about raisins that is disparaging is that um, getting like a little box of raisins when you were a kid is like, was one of the most disappointing things. Like for Halloween? Yeah, like for Halloween or like for snack time and like, is it going to be pretzel sticks? Is it going to be like some other kind of pretzel thing, a round pretzel, a yogurt pretzel, or is it going to be like a little box of raisins? My mom used to put them in our lunch boxes. Did you eat them? Yep. You don't like raisins, though, anymore, do you? You always accuse me of not liking raisins. I do like them. I just oh. don't want them in my freaking salad. Oh, what about in a cookie? Cookie's great. I love an oatmeal raisin cookie. Oh, I had no idea. You know what? Danny, our friend, or Dan, our friend, always can uh, accuses me of not 
liking birds. And <laughs> that's not true about me. I don't love birds, but they are always saying that like, they're like, oh, well, you hate birds. I'm like, that's not me, guy. I don't hate birds. That's somebody else. And so I can feel your pain. I'm sorry. I keep accusing you of that. Of raising <laughs> hatred. Um, it's fine. Okay, cool. Um, so, uh, one more thing I want to mention in the, in the late 90s, there was a 50 best commercials of all time cover story and the article ranked the California raisins, um, at number 15. And there was a comment by a guy named Claude Jacques and he described the raisins as the coolest wrinkled musicians, this side of the stones. (laughs) (laughs) Very funny, Claude. Classic Claude. (laughs) (laughs) Um, May I ask you, I don't know if we have time for both our segments today, but let's do our top three. What are your top three favorite? What? Well, I was going to fill in some of the holes in your... Oh, please, God. Thank you. I wish you would. I really... No, really quick, though. So, Billy, Buddy Miles is the lead singer. They actually don't say who the other guys are, so they must not be that interesting. Um, Just kidding, guys, but you're great. But he was actually in Jimi Hendrix Band and is actually... um, unknown musician on his oh wow That's and then amazing. he's more than just a raisin hardy's um so the most memorable piece of california raisins merchandise is this small non-posable california raisins figures the hardy's restaurant chain are they offered these as a part of a promotion for their cinnamon and raisin biscuits so oh. from like 1987 and 1988 uh and then in 91 they they had their new cinnamon raisin biscuits and you got these figurines. Oh, amazing. Which is what I remember. Very um, Those cinnamon biscuits were good. They're like little biscuits with frosting on them. Oh, yum. I've never been to Hardy's. We didn't have where I grew up. Was it Carl's Jr.'s? No, I don't think oh. we had that either. We had like the basics. It was like McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, Pizza Hut, <clears throat> TCBY, which isn't really fast food. But uh, what are your top three favorite commercials? Um, I really like the... The Like Mike commercial. It's just mm-hmm. very, very sweet. Um, I like a non-food commercial that just stuck with me forever is the Micro Machines commercial where the guy talks super, super fast. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a good one. And um, I actually really like those Mentos commercials. They're so strange. They're so strange. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, you know, those Got Milk commercials were really clever. I appreciate yeah, those. Those were good. Um I, there's a lot of food commercials. It was hard when I was thinking about them because I thought of all the ones I liked and then I was looking up old food commercials. So it was hard for me to say. I think my favorite of all time is Grey Poupon because as we were talking oh, yeah. about before, like, in, like introducing it into your regular life, like that was something that ever, it was such a part of pop culture. Like people would do that all the time. Like wherever totally. you pass someone, you'd be like, pardon me, I'm in a Grey Poupon. <laughs> they do it in, do they do it in Wayne's World? Yeah, they do it in Wayne's World. Um, I remember doing it on like some kind of like cable car situation in Disney world and with my stepsister and my dad. And I thought it was like the funniest thing ever. It was just like, <laughs> it was a funny thing for kids to do. Um, did you see the Grey Poupon commercial that I sent you today, which is like a spoof, I think. No, I didn't click on it's it. Very funny. It's, it's labeled like, um, an unaired Grey Poupon commercial. Right. But I could tell that it, that wasn't true. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's fake, but it's like, what do you poop on? And then it's like, I poop on my hamburger. Like, I poop on my husband's chest. <laughs> like, it's really funny. Like, I poop on my potato salad. Like, it's very stupid, but it's very funny. Um, but those, those OG commercials are super elitist, but uh, very fun. Very fun and was a big part of my childhood. Um, my second fave is the Tombstone Pizza commercials. Oh, my God. I love those. Oh, yeah. Also, and that reminds me of the... Um... Pace Picante commercials. Uh-huh. Yeah. New York City. Get a rope. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, somebody get a rope. Yeah. The thing about the Tombstone commercials is, like, that everyone was about to, like, meet, like, a grim death. And they were, like, kind of, like, I don't know. Like, people were about to be executed. Yeah, they're going to be hung. hanged. And he's like, what do you want on your tombstone? And he's like, cheese and pepperoni. <laughs> yeah, and then we're meant to think that this person is then hung. And, like, it's just very odd. Um, and then my number one favorite, which I'm surprised that you didn't mention, because I know that you love Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, is yeah. Slim Jims. Yes. Oh, my God. Those Slim Jim commercials. I hadn't watched those in a very long time. And basically, they're- like, 
He yes. just like jumps on the scene and he's like, whoa! And like everything starts, exp- like in every commercial, something's just exploding. Like TVs start exploding and like sockets just like burst out of the wall and like there's <laughs> flames and like everyone's like, grandma's hair is standing up straight and like on fire. And, and then we, just, we need more beef and spice. <laughs> yeah. He was like the Kool-Aid man, but for beef jerky. <laughs> Oh my god, that's probably how he died eating too many Slim Jims. Very high in cholesterol. That's not how he died. Um, how did he die? He was. He had a disease. I'm pretty sure. Um. Do you know what kind? Um. No, but this reminds me of the Kool Aid commercials, which actually were were fine. But that there's an episode of um. Shit! What's that cartoon with the dog's name's Brian? Family Guy. The episode of Family Guy that really made that commercial hilarious because everyone's like, something bad happens and everyone individually is like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And the Kool-Aid <laughs> man just bursts through the wall and he's like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh man. Yeah, I really like, I don't know, I felt very nostalgic like looking back through some of those old commercials. I also really love like the Kraft Macaroni, like we've got the blues with like little kids like just being oh, like yeah. blues singers. <laughs> oh yeah. That one I thought was funny. I love Totino's Pizza Roll commercial. I mean, there's so we could go on. Bagel Bites are amazing. Snapple. Really, the Snapple it's all ones, about the 90s. But we already talked about those in the 90s, so I didn't think we should go back over that. I know, agreed. Um, all right. Well, this was a fun episode and, uh, it was nice to kind of like, for me at least to just check out of like the news cycle and I don't know, just do something that feels a little bit normal. And, but I hope that you guys don't think that we're ignoring the very real serious problems that are going on right now. But I think at the same time, it's okay to try to, I don't know, just live a little bit here and there. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I have a couple of podcasts that I listen to one in particular that's so far in the future pre-recorded that they are still not mentioning anything about the pandemic at the beginning of their episode because they recorded it like three months ago so it's pretty hilarious that's really funny oh my god i just think it's funny that they haven't also like jumped in and just recorded a little intro be like we recorded this three months ago now everything's crazy but they haven't done that either (laughs) that's very weird there's a parade going on down my street of like kids like banging on pots and pans it's like really cute are they allowed to do that? Yeah, I think I, I think that everyone goes out at 7 p.m. to cheer for the healthcare workers. Um, I think that's a thing that's happening but now. Are they staying six feet apart? Yeah, I think they're standing. They're not. It's not a real parade. It's just like little kids from the same. Like everyone from their own household is like standing in front of their house. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say the word parade right now. <laughs> yes, there's a big giant mosh pit. It's in front of my house. I live at 20. No, I'm just kidding. Um, All right. Well, this was a great, fun episode, and uh, I am feeling squirrely, but I think I'll make it till next week. And uh, hasta la pasta? Yeah. All right. Ciao. Ciao. For now. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.